Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Women's running, running, running. Women's running stories. Hello and welcome to Women's Running Stories, the podcast where women share their stories about their running experiences. I am Cherie Louise Turner. I am the host and producer of Women's Running Stories, and this podcast is a proud member of the Evergreen Network of Podcasts. And in this episode, I'm sharing more of my story because outside of making a podcast about women's running experiences, I also am an avid runner. And this is part of the series tracing my journey to run a sub 20 minute 5K in my 50s. I'm calling it the over 50 sub 25K project. And this is installment three in the series. If you want to catch up on earlier episodes, please go do so. I mean, it's not a prerequisite to listening to this episode, but you will have a lot more context if you listen to episodes one and two. So I'm just going to dive right into it. To catch you up a little bit on the project, if you are here for the first time, Just know that I am aiming to run a sub 20 minute 5k. I have never done this in my life. The closest I ever came was running 20 minutes, 19 seconds. That was over a decade ago. And in recent times, the whole project started with me talking about setting my baseline. And I did that back in August. And I ran 21 minutes and 10 seconds. And that still stands as my most recent PR. And this project comes on the heels of me also putting a pause on running longer distances. So in 2023, I ran the Boston Marathon. That's in April. And then in June, I ran the Comrades Marathon, which is a 56-mile hilly road race in South Africa. There are a couple of episodes about my experiences at Comrades, and of course, there are a whole slew of episodes about women's experiences at Comrades, because I really, really love the Comrades Marathon. I will link to the two episodes about my experiences at Comrades. I did run in 2022 and 23, and I will link to those as well as the previous episodes about this project um, in the show notes. And something else to keep in mind if you haven't listened to the previous episodes is that there are a few key elements that I keep talking about that I have been working on a lot. And one is better breathing. One is releasing excess tension in my body when I run. One of my ongoing habits has been to have a lot of tension in my jaw, but also just to be sort of like hold tension in general where I don't need it. Uh, So working on those two things. And the third thing is negative thinking or trying not to have negative thinking. And I I tend to think of and talk about 
negative thinking and anxiety as almost interchangeable because to me they're very interconnected. So so you'll hear me talk about these things in the episode and just know that this has been something that has been sort of an ongoing process through this whole project. So the last episode for this project was at the end of October and things were going well. I was feeling a little bit flat in that I was running really well, I was feeling very fit, I was feeling very fast, but I wasn't seeing a lot of improvement. And one of the places that I pinpointed and that my coach and I pinpointed together because she had noticed this as well, my coach is Verity Breen, is that I wasn't doing a particularly great job of differentiating between my different speed workouts. So my interval workouts were good and they were fast, but they weren't getting faster. And part of that, I am quite certain, is because my tempo runs were edging up to being a little bit too fast. So I was tiring myself out too much in those workouts. And then I was also just in general doing a lot of speed work. There were There were many weeks where I was doing three really quality sessions in a week, and while it was fun and it felt good, I think it did sort of lead to this plateau where I just wasn't making much of any improvements. Also in there, I was not just doing road running because it has been cross-country season, and my team, St. Finbar's here in Cork, Ireland, is very active in the cross-country scene, and so I jumped into a few cross-country races, and I did one of those races not long after the last episode catching you up on this 5K project. That cross-country race was on November 5th, and it is oh so memorable because it is the muddiest race I have ever done. It was like spectacular mud. So I will tell you, this will give you some sense of how muddy it was. There were two goals in this race. One was don't fall because the mud was slick and deep. And so just getting through it was something of a task. The second goal was don't lose your shoe. And that sounds really funny. And it is. But it wasn't a joke because if you did not have your shoes tied tight enough on your feet, you would lose a shoe. And I know that because somebody lost a shoe in my race. There it was, sitting stuck in the mud. And that person did finish the race, by the way, with one shoe. And I know that happened in at least one other race in the day. So yeah, so it was pretty funny. And I went out and I had a a great time. It was really fun. I felt strong. Times were what they were because when you're running up and down these small hills and running through super deep mud, I mean, you're really just powering the whole thing out. And it was a blast. I had fun. I feel like I ran well. And yeah, I had a great time. We had a great team there. We had a lot of laughs because, well, it was pretty ridiculous. <laughs> so so I got a good cross-country experience. And I am so thankful for that. But here I was. I was feeling strong. I was feeling fast. But I was still feeling sort of flat and thinking like, ah, just like maybe do I need a break? Well, I didn't have much choice in the matter as it turns out because the following Wednesday, I was walking through my kitchen. I grabbed a little backpack off the back of a chair. One of the straps caught a glass tumbler that had some water in it. 
And as I was walking by and the strap grabbed the glass, the glass fell off the table and directly landed on sort of that smallest part of my Achilles tendon just above my ankle, but sort of before your calf muscle gets started. And I did not realize at the time, but that was going to be an injury that has been with me now for the last six weeks. It is the end of December now, and I have been able to run, but I have not done a structured workout since then. So let me catch you up. It sounds like a bummer because injuries are a bummer, but overall, the timing could not have been better for a number of reasons. One is I was looking to have a little reset and a little break, and here it was, a bit more than I had expected and or maybe would have wanted, but, you know, it is what it is. And this injury has – it was a blunt force trauma. So I didn't cut anything. I, you know, I could still walk – and in pretty short order, I could run. But in those first couple of days after this happened, I I really was in a lot of pain, even walking. And boy, am I reminded how much I do not like to be in pain. And I don't like being or feeling like my mobility is compromised, even to walk the less than a mile to get to the store. I remember those first couple of days was just really unpleasant. And so when this first happened... I was totally in denial. I realized that, you know, this tender part of my leg had gotten a solid smack and it did hurt. So within a couple hours of this happening, I'm like, "Ah, I'm just going to go out and just sort of jog around and see how it feels because it was sort of that panic of just sort of like, oh, I'm sure it's not as bad as I think it could be. Like, let's go prove myself right that it's not that bad. And mm, it wasn't great. And I still had aspirations that very night of going out and doing intervals on the track or like, oh, maybe I'll just take it a little bit easy. And it became super clear when I drove myself to the track and got out of the car and stepped onto the track and I could barely walk. So I went home and regrouped. And over the next few days, I I sort of developed my strategies for how I was going to deal with this. First of all, I have healed an Achilles tendon before. In the past, it was a running injury. And I guess kind of the nice thing is that this wasn't a running injury. So I hadn't caused this through the activity that I love to do all the time. It was from something else. And my approach to healing tendons is to stress them a little bit and keep the movement going and then wait and see what impact that has. And if it moves things forward and not backward. I sort of continue on with that program. And that's exactly what happened. And so I focused on keeping movement and strengthening. I did a lot of calf raises over the last six weeks in particular. I do them often anyway, but I really doubled down on the calf raises and that seemed to help. You know, in the first few days, ice, 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 elevation, and things started to clear up pretty quickly over the next couple of weeks. And I was able to run, but not fast. I wasn't doing any sort of like trying to run quickly at all. I was keeping it to, you know, basically like 10-minute miles, maybe ever so slightly faster after a long warm-up. But with walk breaks, I mean, I was very gentle with it because if there's one thing that I'm very aware of, it is do not mess with an Achilles injury. 
So I did what I could. The other thing I was super mindful of because I noticed it almost immediately is that I I have improved my skill and my form as a runner, and I know what that feels like. I also know what it feels like when I'm compensating and doing weird things with my body that don't feel that awesome just to be able to get in that running movement. And I was starting to do that, and I just thought, you know what? Do not run poorly because you're just going to cause an injury somewhere else. And I could feel these little aches and pains popping up in other places because I was running a little bit wonky uh, because I was protecting this painful situation going on in my Achilles. So that was one thing I was very mindful of is like don't cause another injury, which I could see could happen so easily. And one of the other things through this, like I, you know, kind of settled into like I'm injured. I cannot do workouts. You know, I almost immediately got in touch with my coach and I told her, look, I I cannot do workouts right now. Like I I need a break. I have this injury and I I don't know what's gonna happen with it, but being on a schedule is not something I can do right now. And so we decided that we would reconvene in January. So it's like, let's just have a big break and a big reset. So no structured workouts. You know, the injury happened on November 8th. And so formal training has been on hold since then. Now, that doesn't mean I was totally ready to go into recovery mode, though, I did actually consider racing shortly after this injury happened. So I think it was about 10 days or so after the injury happened, I was slated to run a local 5K, and I still had intentions on doing that up until the day before the race. And I had a conversation with my husband about like, ah, this injury is still kind of hurting. And he was like, whoa, 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 hold on a minute you're still in pain and you think you're going to go race tomorrow? Like, what would you tell someone who told you that they were going to do that? And I said, oh, without a doubt, I would tell them that that was a very bad idea. So I shut it down. And I, you know, I sort of laugh about this now because I had no business racing. Like, there was absolutely no reason why I should have even considered going and running a fast 5K. Like, there was no purpose to it other than I really wanted to do it, and it was on the calendar. So, you know, there there were some little disappointments along the way there, but it just wasn't happening. So, so yeah, so I did not race, but I did keep running. Uh, and the injury has gotten better over time, but it really has. This is six weeks, actually, to the day as I am recording this. And I'm at about 99%. Like I can feel a little twinge, but it really is not a problem. I just do a good warm up and then it is pretty much gone. And again, it just, it's never gone backwards. And I, I keep emphasizing that because I'm always apprehensive about talking about like going and doing exercise on an injury. Cause I know we all want to get back to doing what we love. And I would never want to encourage somebody to go out and, do more than they ought to, and then re-injure themselves. So I just, I really do want to emphasize that I'm very mindful of how this is healing over time, and it really has not gotten any worse at any point in time. So I've been focusing on keeping up with my running, nothing formal. I have done a few speed sessions. I've thrown in a few of those here and there. I've mostly kept up with doing like one long run that's, you know, seven or eight or so miles uh, once a week. And 
The rest of it is, you know, running and walking and getting out almost every day. I've run kind of five or six days a week. I did add up my weekly mileage just to, you know, put some firm numbers to this. And it's largely been like between 25 and 30 miles a week. So, you know, not nothing. And then the other thing I've committed to is keeping up with my cross training, you know, doing some weights and body movement exercises a couple times a week, and very in particular, working on my posterior chain. And that is sort of like hips, hamstrings, calves, because I do get a lot of cramping in especially my calves and hamstrings. And, you know, that can be an electrolyte imbalance. And it's also weakness. So I've really been focusing on that and staying consistent with doing those exercises because my goal at the end of all of this is to come back refreshed with a decent level of fitness and with a good foundation. And so I you know, so I've been on track with that. One really interesting thing that happened through this process is a couple weeks after this injury happened, I went through a period of massive massive fatigue like so tired all day it didn't seem to matter if I got a good night's sleep or not a good night's sleep I clearly wasn't running that much I wasn't doing any workouts and it really was almost sort of worrisome because it I was so fatigued that going out for any sort of exercise made me more fatigued and that is generally not how I operate generally if I'm feeling sluggish I go out, I have a run, or I do like my, you know, cross training, and I feel more energized. And this was like, I would come home, and I would just feel that much more exhausted. And I mean, I was like, is is there something seriously wrong with me? And, you know, there wasn't. Uh, And as I look back, like if I had to give you a gut reaction to what was going on, it was that my body realized, like my whole being realized, oh, we're not doing this training thing right now. Well, we're going to get to some deep recovery. And it just kind of shut down. And it was like, yeah, we're not doing anything hard at all. Like, we're shutting you down. And it lasted for, it was a good solid week where I just felt awful. It also sort of coincided with it getting really dark here. Like, it gets dark early here in Ireland, and it doesn't get light again until kind of later in the morning. So, you know, we have a lot of dark hours and it's, you know, chilly. It's not freezing cold here, but it's chilly and it gets wet. So that could have been a reaction to that as well. But I also think that like my body was just tired and it was like, oh, we're taking a break. Great. We're really, really going to do this. And since then, I have little by little just continued to feel more energetic and you know, I'm enjoying my runs. My leg is feeling better. I can move, you know, back to that easy, easy, nice movement that I feel when I run. And one other thing I've taken note of this whole time is that I don't, I'm not to the point where I'm like, oh my gosh, I just have to go out and do a workout. Uh, And that's a real indicator for me that this break came at a very good time. Because I love to do workouts. And the fact that I'm not just like chomping at the bit to go do workouts means something to me. And that being said, like I mentioned, I have done some speed work here and there. And part of it, you know, is certainly insecurity. Like, 
can I can I still run fast? Like, is that is all that speed that I was working on gone? It's not. But I'm, you know, I'm not in that same kind of like faster shape that I was in, you know, several months ago, which is fine. Um, but it also feels good. It feels good to get the legs going a little bit faster, to breathe a little bit harder, and to keep in practice with all of the things that I had been working on, you know, good breathing and good form and having a positive mindset, you know, just kind of going back and practicing that a little bit, maybe like once a week or so, just picking up the pace. Like I've done some 800s and I've done some 400s and I've kind of mixed it up and and again, nothing formal, nothing structured, just, hey, maybe I'll throw this in and see how it feels, like a moderate effort here, slightly harder effort there, but, you know, n- no more than four or five efforts in any given run. And the rest of it has been easy runs, nice chatty runs. I often stop and walk during my runs because it feels nice and, yeah, just enjoying myself. And while I have had a few of those moments, like I just said, you know, of testing my pace to see like, ah, you know, is that speed still there? And kind of where am I at? I, I'm really not concerned about that. And it's this very interesting feeling of I'm just not stressed out about kind of where this puts me in the grand scheme of reaching this sub 20 minute goal because I know this is a really important part of the process, and I'm really happy that I can just relax at a time that is meant for relaxing. Because if I was sitting here anxious and stressed and nervous about like, "Uh, how far am I getting behind? I wouldn't get the full benefit of what is supposed to be a recovery period. And I have done that in the past where it's like, okay, I need to take some downtime, but I'm just so anxious the whole time that it doesn't feel that as restful as it could. And this go round, I feel super restful and it is really, really nice. And that leads me into, I sort of have three takeaways from this last period of time here over these last couple of months. One is my mindset continues to be so much better than it was, say, whatever, a year ago and for most of my life previous to that, like the negative thinking is largely gone. And it is just a whole new world of, wow, it's so nice to not be beating myself up all the time and to not have negative thoughts just plaguing me constantly. And The other part of that is that I'm also feeling a lot less anxiety these days. And, you know, I think it does have to do with focusing on not having all of this negative thinking. I also think it has to do with having better eating habits. Like I've talked about before, I was a regular breakfast skipper. It was a bad habit I got into early, early, early in my life, and I don't think I recognized how detrimental it was to skip meals. And by and large, I do not do that anymore. But I can tell you that it is still something I have to be conscious of. I have to tell myself literally every single day, it is really important for you to eat breakfast right now. And it's gotten a lot easier and it's becoming a little more automatic. But it it sort of baffles me that at 54 years old, I am just now – recognizing 
how detrimental things like skipping meals have been to my whole life. You know, there are there are studies that show that skipping meals, especially breakfast, is you know it throws your hormones out of whack. It it just really messes with your body chemistry. And so I feel like all of these better habits I've been adopting, you know, better breathing, focusing on less tension in my you know neck and jaw, and less negative thinking and better eating habits, um, they're all just contributing to me feeling better. And it is astonishing to me. So one of the big takeaways, I have three big takeaways here. One of the big takeaways is this like release of anxiety. And, and it does feed into running because if you can approach running with less anxiety, it's you can move better. I breathe better. My thinking patterns are better. Like it just it, – it feeds all of life and it's astonishing to me how, how much it – I have carried anxiety with me without even really recognizing how deep it goes and how much of an impact it has had on my life and how much energy it takes. Anxiety is super draining and now that I'm releasing it, my gosh, like it's just, I, I found myself the other day realizing that I was almost, uh, the best way I can describe it is I almost felt bored in my own thoughts. And I realized it wasn't boredom. It was relaxation. Like I wasn't fretting about anything. And it was, I mean, it was almost a weird feeling, but it was like, oh, this is what it feels like in this moment to not be worried about something. And that's just better for all of life. And it is definitely better for my running life. And part of, you know, and that's part of the reason, that's a big part of the reason why I can have this downtime and not be worried about what comes next or if I'm going to or not going to be able to reach this sub 20 minute goal. Because I can have confidence that when the time comes to get back to everything, I will be fully on board and I will be totally ready to get back to some really good hard work that will ultimately result in me reaching this goal. And I have no doubt about that. So so that was thing number one was this whole anxiety thing. It is huge. The other thing, and I talked about this last time, but it really has been pretty profound, is this idea of better posture when I run. And this comes out of these videos that I was watching from Shane Benzie. He has the company uh, Running Reborn, and he has a whole series of videos. I think they're really quite good. They're very short. Uh, they're easy to absorb. And one of the things I really like about them, it's the same reason I am such a big fan of Jay Grunke of The Balanced Runner, is that I feel like these tips that come out of these lessons are something that you learn how to feel in your own body. It's not like somebody telling you what you need to do. It's it's more of like this is what it what it ought to feel like. And to go out and try these ideas that, you know, Shane Benzie and then, you know, and Jay Grunke also has lots and lots of lessons of like learning how to feel your your good efficient movement in your own body. So so going back to Shane Benzie's series of videos, one of them touches on posture. I talked about this last episode. And he talks about, you know, being very tall in your posture and having this bit of a bow in your upper back. And one of the things I really noticed is that for the first time, I don't know, ever in my thinking process, I was I was adjusting my posture sort of from my midsection from my 
pelvis, lower back, and really lifting up. And one of the things that I recognized is that I tend I tended to correct my posture sort of from my mid-back up in, in my shoulders, you know, shoulders back, you know, chest high. But what I was leaving out of that equation was lifting up from my pelvis. And I realized that I sort of dump down into my lower back a lot. And especially when I sit, one of the things Shane Benzie talks about is that you don't just have the opportunity to practice your posture when you run, you can practice your posture all the time. So I started, you know, sitting up from really lifting from my sort of pelvis, lower back, when I'm, you know, doing my work during the day. And one of the first two things I noticed, one, it feels really good and you can kind of stretch out your whole lower back that way. And the other thing was, is I was really weak. Like I realized it took some effort to like hold myself up from that deep down in like your kind of abdominal, deep abdominal area and and lower back area. And so I think about that a lot when I run now and then just kind of throughout my day. And it has gotten better, but boy, it was, I mean, it was tiring. And so I I think about all of these things because these are all still things that I can practice even when I have been a bit injured here and not doing any formal training in this and that. When I'm out running, I can still practice this nice tall posture and and yeah, and it's taken some getting used to because I, you know, I'm just not used to doing it and it and it has been a bit tiring. And the last thing that I have noticed that was a, one of these sort of aha moments, and this feeds into working on the posture, you know, having, you know, staying relaxed when I run, releasing my jaw tension, and focused focusing on better breathing because all of these things work together, is that I feel like for the first time in memory that I can breathe really deep. And I think part of that is that I have this better posture when I run so that I can get the breath way down into my abdomen. And I really do, I don't hold in my abdomen when I run. This is something Jay Grunke talks about a lot is kind of letting your abdomen hang when you run. And it's not so much of like being lazy in your abdomen, but but it's about not holding tight in your midsection. You want to be able to move. You want to be able to rotate in your lower back. You want that whole lower area in your, you know, the top of your legs, your hips, your abdomen that needs to all move freely when you're running. You need rotation and all that movement down there. And it's important for your breath too, that you have the ability to fill up your belly. And I really, really felt this, especially on this one run just about like a week and a half ago, where I felt like, wow, now that is a full breath. And wow, it felt good. And it felt energizing. And so that was really exciting. So sort of sum everything up here as we enter into the new year. And as I'm now over this running injury, I'm looking forward to restarting my formal training. I'm going to look down the road and see what 5Ks are available in my area where I might be able to hit some new PRs. So as I'm looking forward to this, you know, something that I think about is that this whole project has really refocused this idea of 
goals really being about the process because I tell you, I have gotten so much out of this whole process. Like I feel like I already won. Like I'm like, oh yeah, I haven't reached the goal yet. Right. Okay. I'm still working on that and I will continue to work on it. I'm very excited for that day to come. But more importantly is that this whole process has been really fulfilling and really exciting. And at the end of the day, I mean, the goal is going to be nice to hit. I'm going to be very excited. I will be elated when that happens. But even through an injury, and I recently got a cold, and you know, so I was out a couple days feeling crummy. But even through all of that, I, I found so many things to work on that, yeah, I mean, they're probably going to make me faster as a runner, sure. But also, there are things that have just made my life better. And... That's very exciting. And this is one of the reasons I love being an athlete is because being an athlete isn't just about your activity. It is about practicing, at least for me, I find that this is a great place to practice just improving your life. And so so yeah, so I'm so I'm looking forward to getting back to the formal training. But I've ended 2023 on a very high note even though I'm here to report that I've been injured for the last six weeks. So yeah, and looking forward, one thing I'm really, really looking forward to doing is being a better student of my training program. It's something I touched on last episode, and that is really dialing in how to train well and really being focused on what each workout is about and not doing too little and not doing too much, which has always been my problem is doing too much when I shouldn't be doing that much. So I'm looking forward to sharpening my efforts to having there being less, you know, muddiness in my training, less gray areas, and really focusing fast days are fast, tempo days are tempos, easy days are easy, keeping up with my cross training, and just continuing to enjoy the process and continuing to focus on staying relaxed, breathing well, keeping the positive thinking. One last thing on the note of positive thinking is I was really struck by Sue McDonald's episode. I, I'll link to that in the show notes. But Sue McDonald set nine world records in the 60 to 64 age group on the track And one of the things that she really, really focused on was mental work. She was doing every single day for a while, 30 minutes of mental exercises. So that's a huge commitment. And I don't know that I'm quite ready for 30 minutes a day, but I can definitely work in more mental exercises. And I think that that's going to help a lot too. So So those are a couple of my plans sort of revving up to this next phase of this project, which is, you know, getting back to it, leveling up yet again, and how I plan to do that, and just really keeping at it, because this whole goal setting thing with running, I mean, it is a lot about patience and change over time. These things do not come overnight. So yeah, That is a wrap. That is where I'm at with this project. I wish you a happy new year. I welcome you to tell me about your goals. 
It can be a 5K goal, but it certainly doesn't have to be. I love hearing about it all. And I thank the women who have written in to me about their goals. It's really great to hear from other people and hear what they're up to and what's motivating them to you know, get out and do their running, do their training. And so I welcome you to share that with me. I'd love to hear how you are doing. And thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. I love making this podcast. And I know that the power of these stories always rests in you listening and you sharing. And I would really appreciate it if you would share the podcast with someone else who you think would enjoy these stories too. I do not make these episodes by myself. Cormac O'Regan does all the original music for women's running stories. He has since the beginning, and he makes that music in his studio here in Cork, Ireland. I am Cherie Louise Turner. That's gonna do it for me. I am coming to you from my home closet studio, also in Cork, Ireland. I will be back in a few months for the next installment of this journey, and I will be back next week with another woman's running story. Episodes come out every Friday. Until then, I do wish you very joyful and very healthy strides forward. Women's running, running, running. Running stories. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out.